Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for joining the podcast that explores the world within and out. And thank you for subscribing or favoring Traveling Inside Out on any podcast platform you feel like it. And if you could rate it on iTunes, that would mean the world to me. Thanks. Okay, let me be clear Last week was a difficult um, episode to record, but I've done it. Um, I've realized that when it comes to these sort of very complicated uh, situations, I make more sense in a dialogue than in a monologue. So maybe I should have had a guest um, to talk about. Um, but yes, things are still not okay. And I'm uh, more of an international kind of thing. So there are a lot of things going wrong in other places as well. Um, I love the fact that all these actually really started the conversation in other countries as well. I've seen some changes uh, regarding Black Lives Matter. So some changes happening in Australia or in um, UK, Germany maybe. Uh, people are, as I was saying, it's a conversation. People are starting to be like, hey, what about this and this? What about that? Um, I don't agree with... Um, removing the statues and just like how it happened in UK they were just sinking it in the dock where I know the person of like the statue whoever I don't remember his name and I don't actually want to remember his name um, that's where the ships were coming in with the slaves I understand it's a symbolic thing but at the end of the day I still believe that those statues should be in a, put in, into a museum and explained because we will still need to to make sure that we understand uh, things that have happened and I kind of feel the same about Gone with the Wind I'm just curious to see I'm going to wait and see when they're gonna put it back for whoever doesn't know HBO Max decided that they're gonna take it down saying that the movie is gonna come back with a more uh, explanation even though the movie is making look like plantation, like people on plantation were having it good, um, I still think that that sort of cinema should not be forbidden. It's still part of cinema. It's still part of um, cinematic history. So I'm really curious to see how they're going to be put uh, back on, basically. Um, what they are going to change. I that's It's insane for Elmer Fudd not to have the gun. I have grew up with seeing a lot of violence in um, cartoons. I've never did anything violent like that, so I really don't think. It's the same with how people keep saying that they want to forbid um, certain videos, video games. I don't agree with that, but I guess it's not me. Uh, to decide on these matters. So, outside of um, all the racial conversations that we are having uh, right now, or who some people refuse to have, uh, we are still in a full pandemic. Things have kind of uh, calmed down a little bit, but 
for some countries the spikes is getting uh, is rising again which is of course not good but since i'm in iceland and today and i'm saying today monday the 15th of june uh, Iceland decided to open their borders um, for the first time since 20th of March. And it's so... Uh, okay, side note. My birthday is on 20th of March. And there have been throughout the history quite a few bad events that happened. One of them being the beginning of the Iraq war. And I hate it like this year... <laughs> Not only I wasn't able to celebrate my birthday or anything like that, uh, it's also going down in the history for the date when uh, either, like a lot of countries took a decision regarding um, coronavirus. So I was like, well, thank you for that. Yes, I am egocentric. I think by now you should know. If you are into the 19-something episode of my podcast and you don't know that I'm egocentric, I really don't know what you thought about <laughs> Um, so yeah, Iceland is uh, opening the borders. I really, truly hope that you're not going to listen to the pod to this podcast to get your news from, um, because honestly, you need to go to the source. Please do not. Please do your research. But I wanted to talk a little bit about Iceland, about how things went, uh, because I was here since end of February, as I've explained through the whole. <laughs> podcasts only March about my decision of coming back to Iceland and it's um, I'm actually very curious to see how things are gonna go so as it is uh, for now today is the day when the borders are going to be open to other European countries and from July 1st uh, people from like non-Schengen areas will be able to travel which is all fine and dandy, but I have to say that we were actually lucky. Nobody wants to say that, but I'm going to say it. Because when coronavirus hit, starting in March, the weather was really horrible. Up to like end of April, the weather was really horrible. So people were kind of social distancing because because of the weather and because, of course, things started to get closed down. But, for example, the kindergartens or, like, the schools, they were never completely closed. They just had, like, a different kind of schedule. Um, and, yes, so it wasn't, there was never a lockdown. There was never, you won't see so many people wearing masks here, even though there are, of course, a lot of sanitizing in every single shop that you enter. Uh, people are not respecting the two meters. I can tell you, in a supermarket, even when you're, even though they have put the lines and so on on the ground in order for you to know where to wait, people are not uh, doing that, which is very frustrating because in general, this is what's so funny, in general, I don't like to be crowded. Um, so now I get, I think I get even more frustrated when somebody's breathing on my neck and I'm like, dude, do you mind? But I'm, of course... I'm never saying anything. I'm just getting frustrated on my own. Um, yes, so officially, um, I've actually, I was planning to see, I don't know if I managed to do that, uh, to see some data. No. Um, we 
as in at the moment there are just a few cases left however um starting with somewhere end of may so like the 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 biggest number we had in one day was around 100 like seven or something like that and that was somewhere in march when the spike really grown but starting with april the spike really started to slow down and um by end of march we just had a few cases like one or two one or two um in a week time or something like that we are not as it is right now i think we still have four people or I don't know if we still have... Yeah, I think we still have a few people in uh, isolation. Um, we are not officially, as far as I know, we are not officially considered like New Zealand, the country without um, any um, infected people. But as I was saying, starting with end of May, uh, there were just like one or two cases in a week. Um so when you think about this data and so on, you will know that uh, basically Iceland was a success. Now I'm really curious with what things are going to happen starting uh, with today. Because the way that I've decided is to do the following. For whoever is coming into the country for the following two weeks, they are going to be given a choice to either take a test, a sampling test, or to be quarantined for two weeks. Uh, these two weeks, the sampling test is going to be uh, for free, but starting with July 1st, everyone will need to pay 15,000 kronas, which is around, I think, 100 uh, euro. Um, or again, if you want, you can choose to quarantine. It is also necessary to fill in a survey or something like that, like a form. You can go on COVID.is for that uh, before your arrival. Um, as far as I understood, a lot of um, flights are demanding for passengers to actually wear the mask throughout the whole flight, which is something very uncomfortable. And this will actually keep me not to fly because... Uh, whatever you want to go from Iceland is going to take a few hours. And the problem with me is that if because I'm wearing the glasses with the mask, my glasses are getting very blurry. Uh, I can't properly breathe. Um, so I, I'm not hurrying and traveling anytime soon um, outside of Iceland. And I... Um, I also want to talk about, let's, I'm, I mean, okay, so let me just run it out really quick. So, as far, because I didn't quite finish my idea earlier. Um, we got the first people who got coronavirus were actually on a trip in northern Italy, in, um, and they came home. Some of them didn't listen to the precautions that they were supposed to do, and of course, like, like that, it went a little bit um, out of hand. But um, as I was saying, I truly believe that because of the weather was so bad that people wouldn't want to be out and about anyway, um, things actually didn't get that bad. 
I remember that they didn't even, for example, they didn't even close the swimming pools uh, that fast, which is something that I really wondered, but then they decided to do that as well. And the swimming pools were closed up until um, uh, in May, which is really harsh for Icelanders, especially since the weather was still not very great. Um, it's a, the f like one of the favorite pastime of Icelanders, so it, I think it was really difficult. Um, of course, it's uh, almost impossible to think what's going to happen in a month. I am really curious. I am, I'm going to be honest and say, uh, I mean, I've been honest the whole time, and say that I am actually worried because as I'm seeing it right now, I don't see people actually following any sort of, um, like, I'd, except of the people who are supposed to quarantine, when they are out, I don't see any any changes. Like the restaurants that are, have been open, they don't have the two-meter thing. The two-meter thing is not even uh, mandatory anymore in Iceland, uh, which it's more like you are supposed to get your space if you want to, but it's not mandatory. So that sounds a little bit concerning, especially since now the gathering ban is like 500 people, so wherever. Um, and also because since the tourists are coming and we don't know exactly how is that going to go, I'm really concerned that things are not going to be easy to ban again. So I think they shouldn't have been um, resuming the banning, like the, to make it, the ban to grow it, like, oh, I don't know how to use my English anymore. Even that didn't make sense in English. Um, I really think that they should have waited first for the foreigners to come and then to start opening more and more then to stop opening more and more and then let the tourists come. However, I might be wrong, and they also said that it's better to open for tourists now because there are not so many countries that can come to begin with, so they can kind of um, test because it's, uh, it's basically something uh, to really, like for other countries to see as well how things are going to work. Um, and they are they, they truly believe that because there are not so many flights coming in and there are not so many cruise ships coming in and so on. I mean, there are none at the moment. Um, they are thinking that maybe it's not going to be that difficult to um, basically have a, I don't know, like <laughs> being able to keep it under control. As for me, for whoever is curious, from now on, I'm going to talk about my situation in Iceland. So if you're not interested in that, uh, just uh, meet me at the end of uh, the podcast. I have been struggling with basically making ends meet um, since I came here. So I'm going to explain a little bit my situation. I decided to come back to Iceland, even though I didn't have a job promised or anything like that. I arrived at the end of uh, February. Um, and then in the first two weeks of March, I decided to 
of course, apply for jobs. Uh, I used to work in Iceland. Like, in total, I worked in Iceland. I lived here around, uh, like, two years and a half, and I worked two years. Um, I mean, I, I, I lived here around three years, I think, and I worked around two years. Um, and so... My previous job was working as a receptionist in a hostel or hotel. And I was like, okay, it's going to be easy to find a job like this. However, unfortunately, because of coronavirus, people were not sure. People were not very um, sure about hiring, even though like, I, I went in person to uh, leave my resume to like souvenir shops and hotels and so on. Um, but the, the following, like the first two weeks I've done that, and then after that they started to be closing down. So I was starting to get worried, and I was like, let me see if I can apply for... Um, yeah, the problem that I had, this is how everything started, the problem that I had is that my security number was not activated because I was told that I should deactivate it when I'm leaving the country for good um, so that I wouldn't pay taxes or anything like that. Um, which I've done. And um, unfortunately, I didn't know, I was able to deactivate it with just sending an email. I didn't know that in order to get it reactivated, it's going to take way, uh, it's going to be more complicated. Because in order for me to be able to get it reactivated, I either needed a job, so to be done through my employee, uh, employer, sorry, or... Uh, to provide proof of um, personal, like I can, how do you call that, like personal funding. Um, and I didn't have that. I didn't have the amount of money that they were requesting for me to have in my account. I just didn't have that. So um, I wrote to the registry and I was asking them, what can I do? I don't understand. And then at the same time, I was like, oh, I can apply for um, um, unemployment benefits. And like to the Directorate of Labor, I can apply for the unemployment benefits and for them to help me find a job. Um as the things started going really bad at the end of March, I started to apply for any sort of job, like in cleaning, um, in uh, delivery, a warehouse, like anything at all. Unfortunately, there were so many people losing their job. And because I don't speak Icelandic, um, I was never, ever, look, it's middle of June, I was never ever even invited for an interview. And I've been applying tens and tens and tens of jobs on a weekly basis. So you can imagine that that's not good, right? So because of that, as I was saying, I was in contact with Registry Iceland and with Directorate of Labor, which after a few exchange of emails, they told me from the Registry of Iceland, they told me that if I get a paper from unemployment benefit from unemployment from Directorate of Labor that I'm qualified for unemployment benefits and they can prove with an amount of money, then they will be able to register me with that proof. It took, I think, around three weeks. I was keep sending for okay, and then I got I got to unemployment like to the Directorate of Labor, and they told me. We, you need to be registered in order for me for us to 
uh, for you to qualify for the unemployment benefits. For yeah, so they kept sending me from one place to another until I almost had a breakdown, and I decided to call um, the registry of Iceland, and they told me that there's actually a paper that they can send it to me even if I don't have the money. Like even if I don't have the money, they will. I should contact again the unemployment uh, office and tell them that I just need a paper that I know about. And after I called them again, I called uh, the Directorate of Labor and they told, me, they told me that they know about that. Sure, they can send me the paper. That happened. I was finally registered. Uh, so I was registered officially from beginning of April, but I got the confirmation somewhere end of April. And I didn't uh, qualify in time in order to get unemployment benefits for um, beginning of May. So what happened next is they kept asking me for proof of unemployment, uh, the uh, reason why uh, I didn't work there anymore. But it was never something that they asked for me from the start. They kept asking, like I would provide something and then they would keep asking something and the weeks would be passing. And that's what happened since, as I was, as I was mentioning, at the end of March, I was starting to go really slowly and surely crazy bananas. And then uh, finally, on the 20th of May, I've called again the Directorate of Labor, and I was like, okay, is there anything, like, it seemed that I provided everything. So I was like, is there anything else that you need? And they were like, because I still see that it's rejected, and I don't understand why. Wh what is it missing? And she told me, like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, it's okay. We just need to um, approve you, to approve your... Um, I've actually got the confirmation on the email that that's everything that I needed to send. But then looking back into my account, nothing changed. And again, I'm really not joking. It was 20th of May. I started this on 23rd of March. So it was like literally like almost two months later. And I was like, I can't. I'm not kidding when I'm saying that I think I've sent probably around 30, 40 emails in two weeks time. And I've also probably uh, called like five times or something like that. Uh, so finally, and also it was like a moment when I, I would call and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, we, we can't we can't help you here. You need to send an email to this. And I'm like, but they're not answering. Yeah, I'm sorry, we can't. Like, you need to send an email. Be like, okay, fine. One week later, I call again and they're like, yeah, 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 I can help you. And I'm like, are you... Like, who's working in that office? Not to offend you, but some of the people really seem that they have no clue what they are doing. Um, so finally, when I called, as I was saying, I was told that, yeah, I just need to... Oh, so you said, yeah, it's been approved. Oh, yeah, I see this. Oh, yes, okay. So basically, you just need now to go back online and you need to confirm that you're looking for a job. And I'm like, okay, fine, cool. And I finally do that, and I get the confirmation. I get the final, final confirmation. But it was stated that I haven't, I'm not qualified um, for the benefits only from 27th of April, which was coincidentally 
uh, the date when I got the confirmation about my reactivation of the security number. Are you with me right now? Let me explain. On the paper, on the freaking paper that is actually literally just confirming my registration, it's written two dates. The one when I get the confirmation and the one when I'm actually registered. I was registered on the fourth of or on the eighth of April, and I got the confirmation on the twenty seventh of April, which I think it makes sense to get the confirmation later than you are registered. I mean, it kind of makes sense to me. Whoever was in charge, and I've asked this twice. I like I've written an email. I also sent. A, uh, I also called, and they did not want to uh, basically correct the mistake. So finally, when I called on that 20th of May, uh, no, 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 no. I sent an email. I No, I called and I was told that I should send an email. I sent an email. Nothing happened. I finally received my money just before 1st of June. But it was not a lot of money. And as I was saying, it was just from 27th of April. And it was written there that it was from 27th of April because I didn't confirm that I was looking for a job. And I was like, well, I didn't confirm that I was looking for a job because you didn't make it available on my page on your website. So how am I going to confirm something that I can't, I don't have that available? So I decided, okay, I'm going to call again because I'm going to drive myself insane. So I called again and I explained again the situation and then the person saw that indeed they were wrong. Of course, they didn't apologize or anything like that, but they corrected the mistake. So I got the rest of the money as well. Um, I've been applying since like crazy since, uh, since March. I'm still applying. I'm still, uh, hopefully some hotels are going to be open now. So maybe I have more chances. I've also tried to get job in, um, as I said, I, I, used to, I used to work in a film industry, so I, I've tried to get something out of that as well. Fingers crossed, things might still uh, change. But I have to tell you, the resilience that I had, I don't even, like, it's literally because I didn't have any other choice. And because I... I I didn't have anything else to do. I tried and I keep trying to get all sorts of jobs and I'm not getting any. Not even, I'm not even invited to an interview. The only time when I was, uh, I was called by someone was when I applied uh, for a job as a clinic person in the airport and I was called and she asked me if I live um, close to the airport and I told them no and they told me, okay, we don't need you. We just need someone who lives close by. That was all in three months of, no, how many? One, two, in three months of applying for jobs. Um, and the thing is that for whoever is like, yeah, of course it's like that because you went without, no, it used to be very easy. Like it used to be, you would get in maximum one week, you would get a job in Iceland in tourism. But because tourism has been down and it's not recovering, <laughs> Um, no jobs are to be given to people like me apparently I don't know if I'm just uh, it's just a bad luck or someone boycotting me or I'm just because I don't know Icelandic I have li really really small chances um, I'm not, I'm not going to give up um, but at least at the moment I can get some unemployment benefits um so I'm hopefully I can make and meet 
um, and Smith uh, is somewhere and then I will need to rethink my strategy if I'm not going to manage anything um, by the end of summer. A lot of people are thinking that things might get better. Like the summer is already considered as a loss uh, and people are thinking that maybe in autumn I'm honestly skeptical. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to think. I don't know how bad things are going to get. Uh, I don't know if we've actually seen the worst. I really don't know. But um, for the last part of today's, uh, I have to say that one of the good things about having so much free time is that I've actually managed to go to some places that I haven't been before or some places that I haven't been um, since I was back or not too often. And I have to say Reykjavik is still a very beautiful city. I still consider it my snow globe city. Um, it was interesting to see the city with uh, very few people around. It's, it feels like it's an uh, ongoing holiday um, because in general for holidays you're going to see people, uh, a lot of people going away from the city, going somewhere more in the wherever, wherever they're going, um, like summer houses and so on outside of Reykjavik. And I do have to say that I, I think, uh, not, not I think, I hope, I hope that uh, we've learned some things during these uh, few months of isolation. And I really hope that things are not going to get worse from now on because we opened the borders. It was also very frustrating in the beginning when I realized that the, even if I want to, I wouldn't be able to travel back home. So I was stuck. I did have, let's say, a panic attack when I realized that I'm stuck. And I, I was like, I'm stuck here. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to <laughs> survive, basically. Um, I really, truly hope that uh, the worst um, already passed. So for whoever decided to travel to Iceland these uh, two weeks, welcome. I'm really curious how things are going to go. Um, I hope you enjoy the country and respect it a little bit more than uh, you maybe did in the past. Um, I still think that we should never forget about the environmental issues that the tourism has brought into the country. Even though the economy, like 40% of the economy of the island is unfortunately based on tourism. I'm Looking forward to seeing what uh, other changes this virus will bring. Hopefully, there are going to be only positive things from now on. This concludes today's episode. Thank you for listening. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can do so by emailing to alinaswonders at gmail.com.